Hey everybody, it's Lon Seib and it's time once again for your weekly wrap up. And last week we talked all about podcasting and how it remains one of the last decentralized mediums on the internet. And we talked a little bit about what makes podcasting work, which is the RSS standard or really simple syndication. And this week I thought I would talk about RSS because it's something that I use every day and it has made my life infinitely more efficient over the time that I've been using it now, which is at least 12 or 13 years, if not more. And a viewer wrote in recently looking to see how I am using RSS day to day. So we're going to dive into RSS in this video, not only talk about what it is and what you can do with it, but also how I am using it. Let's get to it. So what is RSS? Well, as I mentioned at the outset, it stands for Really Simple Syndication, and it was created at a time in which we had a lot of websites to visit, and the only way you could go and see what was new on those websites was to set a bookmark and revisit them every day. But people started to recognize that there was a basic structure to a web page in the 90s, and that structure has continued to this day, which involves having a headline, a link, and then the actual article. And if we look at this article on my alma mater's homepage from 1999, you can see that the elements that we have today on a web page are there back then, which is where you've got a headline or a title and body text, and then of course a URL that brings people into that article. And that is where this RSS standard comes in because irrespective of how you make your website, if you standardize how those common elements are presented in a piece of code, like you see here where we've got the title, the link, and the description, you can make it a lot easier to get your content syndicated out to many places and maybe increase your traffic to your website as a result of that. And from the user perspective, you can do away with having to jump through bookmarks every day and put all of your favorite sites in one place. And if something interests you, you can click on it and read the article. And there's also some other benefits from a syndication standpoint because everything is standardized you can take information from the web and put it into an email maybe. Uh, so here's an example of something that I did years ago when I was working on a media startup. We had probably a dozen or more websites that were all part of this network and every morning we collected all of their RSS feeds and put them into an email that got blasted out to people that were local news junkies and everything was nicely organized and if there was something that inter interested somebody, they could click on the article and read more about it. And of course, you're not just limited to syndicating to email blasts, you could syndicate anywhere, website, social media, you name it, because it's a standard, it's going to work everywhere and it allows for a decentralized web in that every one of these RSS feeds is hosted on its local website but this allows for you to aggregate all this stuff together and make everything much more convenient, but also extend the reach of all of these independent voices. So how do you find a feed? Unfortunately, it's getting a little harder in 2022 than it was maybe 10 or 15 years ago when I first started playing around with this standard. And the reason is so much content now is being put on centralized platforms versus the independent web and even people who make content on the independent web are reluctant 
to have their stuff available in other places because they can make money by putting their content on the centralized internet. But if you look closely, you will find RSS feeds for most popular websites. In fact, any website running WordPress, as you'll see in a second, has an RSS feed, and many other media organizations do as well. So for example, this is my local NPR and PBS affiliate. And if you look at the bottom of the page, they have actually a link here uh, for podcasts and RSS feeds. You can also actually try Googling a particular publication along with the word RSS to see if you can find their RSS feeds. So for example, I found the Washington Post feeds here that way. I also found Reddit's RSS page by Googling for it. And some other ones are a little more obscure. So for example, with YouTube, they do offer RSS feeds for every creator, but you have to format the URL exactly as you see here. And not everybody has their channel ID listed on their particular YouTube channel, so you have to hunt around for it a little bit. One trick that I found here, and we'll pick on my friend Bob at RetroRGB again, is that if you go into the page source of the YouTube channel, and then just do a search for RSS, it'll actually show you the link right in here that you can then put into your RSS feed reader. And we'll talk about feed readers in a minute. Another useful tool is this plugin that Google offers for Chrome and Chrome compatible browsers like the Brave browser that I use. And what this will do is if they have uh, the RSS feed formatted in a certain way on the website, you can actually click on the extension to get the feed address. And I found that this extension works about maybe 50% of the time these days. It used to be 100% of the time. But if you're on a WordPress site in particular, it will find those feeds even if the host of that WordPress site is not publishing the address publicly. And just to give you a demo as to how this works, I'm on the Metal Jesus Rocks homepage here. And if we look up in the upper right-hand corner, I have the extension running. And because he's running what looks like WordPress, it is able to find that feed and make it available. I can just do a right click here to copy that feed address. And then I can paste that into my feed reader. And I'll show you that in a minute. But one of the cool things about WordPress and other sites that work in a similar way is that you can build custom feeds. So for example, if I wanted a feed of just his hidden gems category, uh, what I can do here is click on the hidden gems and go to that. And if I jump up here on the plugin again, you can see now that I have a separate link now for his hidden gems category feed. And that will only give me a feed of the hidden gems. And this is what's great about content management engines is because they are building these websites based on data in a database. So you can very easily just make different feeds on the fly here based on what the user is looking for. Another trick on WordPress sites is that if you append the word feeds to the, or feed, uh, to the end of the URL here like I did, uh, that will take you directly to that RSS feed for that category or tag. So now that we've talked about how to find these feeds, we now need to look at how to access them. And you do that through an RSS reader. And one of the best things Google ever did was a product called Google Reader, which was an RSS reader that allowed you to aggregate all of your RSS feeds together and organize them. It was very popular amongst people that were into RSS, but Google decided they couldn't make any money with it. 
and they got rid of it, I think back in 2013 or so, and people were not happy about this because it was a tool that everybody relied upon. There were petitions, there were threats, there was all sorts of crazy stuff going on when Google decided to put Reader to rest. And the, uh, one of the creators of the RSS standard, Dave Weiner, the man who's largely credited with getting mass media to adopt it, uh, said that this is actually an opportunity because he felt as though people should be paying a fair price for services that they depend on. And the death of Google Reader actually spawned a bunch of small companies that launched really good reading tools, and almost all of them were paid services or software, but most of them are still in existence today. The one that I'm using is called Bazcux. It costs $30 a year. I've been using it ever since Google Reader went away and I found it to be very much worth the $30 a year that I'm paying for it. And the reason is, is that, first of all, it works a lot like Google Reader did, but it's also something that I get a lot of efficiency out of, and I find it to be a good investment because I'm spending less time hunting around for things to talk about. And there are some open source alternatives, which I'll cover in a minute, but I do want to show you how I am using this particular feed reader. And a lot of what you're going to see me doing here are things that you can do on other readers as well. So you can get a feel for the concept of an RSS reader to centralize all of your interests. Let's take a look at it. So this is what I see when I log into it. Now I have a couple of hundred feeds loaded into this. And in the background, Bazcox is checking those feeds on a regular basis and adding new items to the mix. And when you log in, it starts off on the latest section here. And this is just a mashup of every single feed that I have loaded into Baxcux and the most recent posts from that. So for example, one of the sites that I follow is a site that covers Apple patents. And you can see they just posted something. So that is up near the top here. If I want to read the article, I can click on it, which will open up their website and I can get the full context of that article if it loads in here. Uh, they also have a feature where if you hit the G key, in many cases it can actually pull down the text of the article and keep you right in line here. But I tend to like to click on the link to give uh, that site the traffic. Now you can see here on the side though, I've got feeds organized into topics. So if I wanted to see what was new in the retro gaming world, I have a section here that I call retro. And if I click on that, I will have all of the feeds that I have categorized as retro feeds presented in a similar way. So you can see here that Bob just posted up something this morning with his cousin Scott about uh, displays, and I can click on this link and go right over to Bob's site, but I also have all of these other things loaded in. Uh, the Internet Archive has a great section where they uh, scan a bunch of retro computing and video game magazines, and I've grabbed that feed and I have it dump in here as well. So sometimes they get a lot of these kind of all in a row, but every once in a while there's something really interesting that they pop up into their archive and I can see it right in here without having to go check that page every day. So this is just one category and you can see all the other categories that I'm following here. Now to add feeds to the reader, what you do is grab the URL like I demoed a little bit earlier. You jump over here to the add subscription link and then you just paste in the feed that you want to bring down. So I'm going to add the Metal Jesus feed from his website. And what's going to happen here is it's going to grab all of the posts that are in that feed and make them available to me here. Uh, one thing that I like to do is put it into this list mode so it's a little bit easier for 
getting everything put together. And what's cool about Metal Jesus's feed is that he often highlights other creators' work. So this is a great way to find things that he has curated. And what I'm going to do here is grab this and just drop it into my retro folder. I can just drag and drop. Uh, what I could also do, though, is just right-click on any one of these and click to add it to an additional folder. So you can have things that live in two different folders if you want. So it's really flexible in how you put things together. Unfortunately, they don't allow for subfolders, but I have found it to be pretty easy to manage by putting things in maybe two buckets if they fall into two different places. And this also works with Facebook and Twitter feeds. A few years back, both Facebook and Twitter dropped support for RSS because they want to control everything, but you can bring these in uh, with Bazcux here, and a bunch of the other readers support this also. So for example, I've got Metal Jesus's Twitter page up here. I can run back to the reader and just paste that Twitter address in. And what it's going to do is give me his Twitter feed formatted like an RSS feed. So it's basically working with the uh, Twitter API to do that. But I can have that get integrated into the mix here and not be subject to an algorithm. It also works with Facebook, as you can see here. And we mentioned earlier that YouTube does provide RSS feeds. And you can see an example here. Uh, this is My Life in Gaming's most recent post that is available here. I have this one set to show me only the new ones, but I could also uh, click here and say Show All, which will bring down the entire My Life in Gaming feed all coming from YouTube. And one more thing you can do here is set up what's called a smart feed, which is basically a saved search. So for example, if I click on the latest section here, and let's do a search for No Man's Sky, which is one of my favorite video games, and you'll see here that I have the option to create what's called a new smart stream, and we'll call this No Man's Sky. And that way, anytime No Man's Sky is mentioned across any of my other feeds, I can click on here to go back to that search anytime I want. And what I like best about using a reader is that I am in control of all of it. I decide what I see and what I don't see. I decide who's in and who's out. I can filter things if I want or just have it be a fire hose. There's no algorithm here determining what I should or should not be seeing. And there's no policy decisions that could prevent somebody or something from being put into my feed. Ultimately, I have full control of all of it. And I'm finding lately I am putting a lot more Twitter and YouTube and Facebook stuff into my reader because I'm guaranteed to see it here versus on those other platforms. I've missed so much good YouTube content lately because of the YouTube algorithm. As you can see, I've got a wide range of interests here. And I think the algorithm has a hard time recommending things to me based on that. But here, I've got it all neatly organized and ready to go. There is a bit of work to get started. There's a little bit of work to tend the garden, if you will, because every once in a while, somebody might switch to a new content management platform and you got to update the feed URL. But those issues aside, once you get it up and running, it is a very, very efficient way to find new things to watch, read, or listen to. Now, their website will work on a phone or a tablet. They have a nice mobile interface. It will also connect up with feed reading applications across just about every mobile and computing platform out there. So you can do offline reading of your Bazcux feed and then sync up everything when you get back to a connection. It also even works with a text-based console app called Newsboat. 
Uh, they also support APIs like Fever and the old Google Reader API. And this is something you'll see across many of their competing feed reading applications. And some of those com competitors are commercial apps like Feedly and Feedbin and InnoReader. And a lot of these have been around for a long time. So people are finding a tool that works and they're continuing to pay for them as Dave Weiner suggested they do. But there are open source options too that are just a little bit more work to get set up. You have something like this one called Quite RSS, which is a desktop-based feed reader that's open sourced. There's also a version that you can run on a Docker container that you can log into with a web browser similar to how Bazcux works called tt-rss.org. And there's a bunch of apps that you'll find across all of the major uh, platforms for managing your feeds directly on device or through another service. So you can really spend some time poking around and finding different things that work. One of the cool things is that most of these applications and web services use the OPML standard. So you can export your entire organizational structure and all the feeds and import them into a competing service without having to do anything. So there's a lot of standardization here. And even though these are often competing companies or projects, they are open to people moving from one to the other without a lot of friction. Now, in addition to content consumption, you can use RSS for automating tasks. And we do that here on this channel. I use a service called Zapier, which is kind of like IFTTT, but it's a little bit more advanced in what it can do. And what I have it doing is monitoring for new items in my YouTube channel's RSS feed. And every time something new pops up on that feed, it will send a tweet through Buffer. So my Twitter account at a certain time will tweet about the video going up. And I like to have it go a little bit later than the post so that it can uh, be seen again if people miss the YouTube thing or just didn't click on it right away. It also adds a line to a spreadsheet that I use with producer Jake because we have a bunch of tasks that take place after a video goes up. We have to back everything up. We've got to make sure it gets posted to Floatplane and to Amazon. So this is a really easy way for me to assign a task without actually having to do anything. Uh, it's able to grab that data from the RSS feed and add a line to a spreadsheet that is used as a to-do list. It also puts a post on my Facebook page uh, just the other day, I started having it add those posts to my Reddit subreddit, which you can find at Lon TV. And then it also posts on my LinkedIn page, and then it adds a task to my OmniFocus because I like to do a couple of other things with my posts after they get put up. And what's nice about this is that I don't have to think about it. Once that item gets in the feed, all of these things happen automatically. And if you're a coder, just about every modern programming language has some built-in library for pulling down RSS feeds and integrating them into your application. I've done it in PHP and Python, and I'm sure many other languages support that as well. And you can go really nuts here because most of these feed readers allow you to create feeds based on your categories. So for example, here in Bazcux, I could say, make my retro uh, category of feeds a feed in of itself. So I can have an aggregated feed that I could pump out to the world if I wanted to and make that available for people to do whatever they want with or maybe add their own things to it. Because it's decentralized, you can do whatever you want with this data. And what's nice about it is that it does point people back to the independent source 
that created a post that might reside inside of one of these feeds. And in many ways, this is what the internet was supposed to be like. And I think as we look at whether or not centralized social media platforms are the way to go in the future, RSS, which is something from the past, I think is going to become very relevant as we look at alternatives for how the internet should be working uh, as we continue our journey into the 21st century here. So I am uh, very much an RSS uh, proponent, and I have been for many years. I've been using it a lot more lately, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you think about it down in the comments below. Now, this week's wrap-up is being brought to you by all of you, and I want to thank some super chatters, Grayson Petty, Chris Allegretta, and Ed Horn, who made contributions during one of my live streams last week. I also want to thank a new supporter here on the channel, I Am On Tech, who contributed via the YouTube membership program. I want to thank everyone who contributed this week and everyone who's been contributing on an ongoing basis and all of you who watch on a regular basis too because all of those things equal channel growth. If you want to support the channel, you can. You can go to lawntv support and make a monthly or a one-time contribution to the channel. That link will take you to my donor box page, which is something I put together myself. Uh, but you can also contribute via Patreon, Floatplane, and the YouTube membership program by clicking the join button down below. We have other channels where you can find me on, including my extras channel, my podcast, which is an RSS feed, of course, along with my Amazon uh, page, which you can find at lon.tv slash Amazon shop to look at most of my content ad free. There are ways to engage with the channel, including my very infrequent email list that has its uh, footer generated by RSS. We also have the Facebook group, the Discord, and my Telegram channel. And I sell a lot of the items that I buy for review here on the channel, and I put them in my store at lon.tv store. And I have an email list set up just for the store so that when I add something new, you get alerted to that fact. And I am working on a way of automating this with RSS. I haven't gotten there yet, but that's on the list of things to play around with here. So there's never a limit to what you can do with the RSS standard. And that is going to do it for this week's weekly wrap-up. Next week, I think I might talk about how decentralization is going and whether or not there might be other ways to present content better on the internet. That's something we'll explore next week. But until then, thank you all for tuning in. We'll have some product reviews coming up in the next couple of days. And until next time, this is Lon Seidman. Thanks for watching. This channel is brought to you by the Lon.TV supporters, including Gold Level supporters Jim Tannis and Tom Albrecht, Hot Sauce and Video Games and Eric's Variety Channel, Brian Parker and Frank Goldman, Amda Brown and Matt Zagaya, and Chris Allegretta. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month. Head over to lon.tv support to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe. Visit lon.tv slash s.